Welcome to another edition of Overtime with Rob. This week we speak with Canadian rock and roll icon Dave Rave of Teenage Head. Teenage Head was a punk rock band from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. From early childhood friendships to high school years to becoming an iconic Canadian rock and roll outfit, Teenage Head still making waves today. Their new documentary is called Picture My Face. It'll be on TVO tomorrow night. Sit back and relax and enjoy my conversation with Dave Rave. Teenage Head documentary, Picture My Face. When I heard about this, I thought, well, this is the band that people need to know the story about. I don't even know it, really. Wow. <laughs> I know it, but I'd like to learn more. <laughs> and you're in the story. Now, now, tell me when your part of the story began with Teenage Head. This is what makes it really interesting, because I was thinking about this the other day. I, you know, I, I'm like sort of like the, the cousin that goes, that comes in and out of the story. Because, you know, really, in a way, when you really look at it seriously, because Teenage Head, I always said, like, is not really a band. It's a, a bunch of guys that used to play baseball together, you know, in a funny way. Because, you know, we all grew up together um, in, a, in a way. So my story began with Gord, Gordy Lewis, the guitar player, because uh, we uh, both were in grade one together. So that's how far we go back, right? Yeah. So we were in, in school together, Christ the King, and we played baseball together and hockey and all that stuff, you know. Then next thing you know, we were in West Hill High School, grade nine. Frank, uh, Mr. Venom, I was sitting in English class, and, uh, and Mr. Venom was, I was in row four, and he was in row one, and he overheard my, my buddy Ralph McCoy, we were be always talking about music. And so he was quiet, row one, and all of a sudden, just before Christmas, he came over, I think it was Christmas of 71, and said to me, hey, I, I play drums. Would you, would you like to come to my house and jam, like, you know, play? I did, he was very quiet, and I didn't really quite know him, so I, I asked him around, and they, oh, Frank, 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 yeah, you know, January of 72, I think, we, we got together in, in his basement. It was really, really cold day, and we just jammed uh, with a couple other buddies of mine. And that's really, to me, the beginning of, of how it all began spiritually, right? Because, right. uh, uh, you know, Frank on drums, me singing, and, uh, you know, Gordy and Steve were doing their thing, uh, learning the music that they were learning. But yeah, so Frank and I started there, and, and uh, so I came in and out of that story in 75, August 75, uh, Teenage Head were playing a street dance and in front of Frank's house on Hillview, and, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I sang that night, you know, in and out, you know, I ended up playing guitar on Pitch in My Face and Tear Me Apart and on the first record. And uh, so I, I've always been in and out as, as a full-time member mm. of GH Head. It happened to start to me in nearly, near 83, uh, around just after Tornado got released. Right. Uh, that's when I started um, joining them live and shows. So I'd say for me, full-time, the band, I was in the band 83 to 89. I went from playing guitar in the band to Frank leaving the band, Frank Nick leaving the band in about 85, and then taking over to lead vocals. Wow. For about uh, between 85 and 89. And then I moved to New York in 89 after I left the band, which I stayed till basically I got <laughs> asked to rejoin the band by Mr. Steve Mann about four years ago. Now, how did that feel? I mean, coming through all of that that you just explained, the in and out, the family concept, the idea that yeah. this kind of a living, breathing organism that uh, you can come in, you can come out, you can, you can leave, you can come back, it still goes. How did it feel to come back now as, as the lead? When I originally took over the lead in 85, beginning of 86, you know, it was, it was tumultuous because um, a lot of people liked the way that the band worked, including my 
myself. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't. I really didn't sort of want to be the lead singer. Yeah. I was really happy in my role playing rhythm guitar, singing with Frank. We had a great chemistry. But you know, I learned one thing about life: is you know, just just do it and don't worry about it, and believe in yourself. And but but also believe in the guys that put you in that position. So Steve and Gord really wanted me there to do the thing, you know. And so we and we ended up making that fun album, Electric Guitar, which was an amazing record, uh, great, you know, and it became successful. You know, the first six months were tough, but then after that, we realized by through persistence and great music, people do just want great music ultimately. So we played Electric Guitar, song and getting played much music, and the album did well and all that stuff. You know, got good radio play. Jack Pedler was a drummer for Change Head for a long time. He's a guy with a big heart, great sense of humor, sweetheart, and he ended up getting sick where he couldn't work. But I've been playing with Haley Rose, the, the soul singer, right. you know, and having a great time. I said to Haley, when we fly home back to, to, to Hamilton in Toronto, you know, there's a there's a, a fundraiser we're going to do for for Jack. You know, why don't you come and play? So we did it, and then uh, Jack came up to me and, and uh, said, you know, hey, Pete, who was singing with the band at the time, mm-hmm. didn't make it today to the show. You know, and Gordy and, Gordy and Steve here, would you sing? And I go, what are you saying? Of course. <laughs> Everybody in the place went bananas. And I remember looking over at Steve, and we both looked at each other, and we had that smile like, wow, I remember this smile. This is like when we were in high school. This is like, going, it went even deeper than the band. Instinctively, I think then, and we both sort of know, this might be, there's something here. Anyhow, a week later, he said to me, okay, our first gig is, is uh, December 3rd at the, at the St. Paul. You better be ready. <laughs> and he goes, don't worry, you can still live in New York. He goes, we don't do that many gigs. Yeah, he goes, you're back in the band. <laughs> no different than, than, you know, back in when we were kids in 75 or when, when Frank left and they said, you're singing, you know, mm-hmm. or even like, there's never been a big complicated thing about Teenage Head. It's always been natural. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, I think that may be part of its charm, and my uh, at liberty to say that, that it is that ease and that simplicity, and that's what attracted Canadians and worldwide fans and listeners of Teenage Head. It's always been an unpretentious band. You know, I think sometimes the band itself, because it's always been that way, has never really put themselves on a platform. Sometimes that's good, but sometimes it's good to put yourself on a platform a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that it's hard when you see it. I've, I've had the luxury of being, in, say, in Russia and in Italy and places like that where people brought me teenage head records wow. and said to sign. And uh, at a certain point, like when you look at the history of music, they go, oh, man, I really, somebody told you about a group and you, and you know, and, then, and you get it. And you're like, oh, that is pretty good. But, you know, after, after people stop talk, telling you it's good, mm. it sort of loses its value. But when it actually is good, it tells you in the long run. That's why, you know, you'll get, oh, you know, a group that was just mildly hyped in the 70s. And now you're, everybody's listening to them because it was good all along. I remember working at uh, a different radio station in the Hamilton area. And I was yeah. uh, on the morning show. And uh, Frankie and Gord were in on the morning show. They were doing a gig that night somewhere. And they were up early to promote it. Uh, and they had been up late, obviously, <laughs> when they showed up to us in the morning. And I remember meeting Frankie for the first time and thinking the first words that came to my head were rock star. This guy's a rock star. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, tell me a bit about him. Was he that through and through? You know what? He was what he was. You know, and he, that's what a rock star is. I, you know, I, there was times I remember when I was on stage, we were somewhere, and I look at him and I go, you know, geez, man, you're, you're so good. You're just you're so good. He's just relaxed, funny, natural. You know, true. Like in the same sense, you know, when I saw, uh, you know, Iggy or um, the singer from the Pogues, I remember seeing him in New York, and I'm going, wow, man, these guys are just—they're just Shane McGowan. They're just what they are. Yeah. And Shane, Shane reminded me so much of Frank. You know, so uh, no matter what, whether he was on or off, he was always a rock star. <laughs> you know? He seemed always, to be, yeah. Something. So yeah, funny. That's the thing I remember the most. His sense of humor was just unbelievable. Uh, but we all were, in a way. You know, the yeah. band, Steve's very funny. You know, Gordy has got a dry wit. When Nick was in the band, he was funny. Jack, Peddler who replaced Nick. You know, everybody, everybody's a, it's a, it's a great sense of humor in this group. What was it like filming the documentary and kind of reliving all of those old times again? What was that like for you? It, it was exciting. You know, like, it's been such an amazing story from, you know, in the over the years, and it's filled with heartache, heartbreak, success disappointment you know all the things that a band has you know mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, it, you know it's been so influential on people it's good to have it have it dirty and uh, down and dirty as opposed to um, just um, just yeah just a lip service kind yeah. of you know a greeting card documentary how uh, honest were you expected to be was it uh, was it truth be told or were you were you, you holding to, back yeah in a way you, you you have to do about 10 or 15 interviews and eventually between those 10 of the real truth comes out because you, you, you sort of sugarcoat your first interviews but as you go along you, you, you get more and more truthful right so I think it was the same thing with us you, you sort of eventually had to say the truth you know so you tried you try your best to code it because you don't want to hurt anybody it was it was tough at first in some way you know because I, I, I you do want I, you know I, I, not that I'm guarded but you don't want to hurt people you don't want to but then along when it's better just to you know eventually you, you're better off just saying what you think you know and and uh, for, for the sake of, of of the record, you know. Yeah. Well, honesty does ring true, and that honest moment that I caught of one of the clips of uh, the three of you standing at Frankie's grave, that must have been yeah. a, a surreal, honest moment. I didn't know that's where he was buried, and uh, uh, St- Steve was really eloquent. Uh, when I started hearing what he was saying, I was like, wow, that's, what, that's really eloquent. That was a really nice moment. I, I, I'm glad they chose that as one of the one of the, one of the moments to use as a preview, you know. It made me go, wow, I really do want to watch a show. It really <laughs> did know? intrigue me, too. Also, seeing some of the friends, Rob Baker of the Tragically Hip, uh, and amongst yeah. other friends, uh, that must have been great to uh, kind of reconnect with those people, too, in a way. What's really interesting about Teenage Head, for me, is that ultimately, if you look at rock from in Canadian rock, as we've talked about, you know, the Rushes and the Guess Who, and, and that level, those bands, yeah. Teenage Head sort of bridged the next generation, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, as is, because, we, you know, we, we grew up on all that stuff, a lot of the Canadian music that was yeah. out then, you know, we were fans. Of, but it, Teenage Head was a new breed in that and influenced the next generation. So, uh, you know, everybody from Mo from Pursuit of Happiness yeah. to um, you know, Junior Going Wild, uh, 
you know, the hip, you know, Bobby, Gord Sinclair. Uh, I talked to him about that, even Gord Downey. You know, I remember we were singing Boston. I, I, I was friends with the guys from Crash Vegas. They were opening for the hip on that tour. And uh, I remember sitting with, with Gord in, at the Middle East and him telling me what, what it meant to him. And even even uh, Shane from the, the Pogues told me him and, him and Gord had a band together that played Teenage Head music. And he said, it's all taped. So I think that's what it is. We, there was a bridge, which of, I quote, what, what now became the modern Canadian rock and roll, right? It still does mean something. You uh, joined us on uh, an episode of uh, The Late Night Feed with uh, my partner, Angela Syracuse, yeah. and we did a walkabout in St. Catharines, went to a record store, and lo and behold, the man who owned the record store was a giant Dave Rave and Teenage Head fan, uh, and we ended up uh, putting your record on and singing it together, which, which was, yeah. was a fun, wonderful <laughs> moment. So you, it does have a far-reaching effect, and, and the movie is going to be great. It's due out in November. Um, what do you really think people will get from it? I think they'll get that there were a bunch of real guys that, you know, we really, truly believe in the music that we played, and, you know, it, it was it was not it was not scripted. It really, I mean, our, the band wasn't scripted. It wasn't it wasn't like a Hollywood movie. I mean, it had a lot of heartache. We've, we've lost people. You know, we lost Frank, which is terrible. You know, um, I I still miss him, you know, and it had its cost, you know. There's been greatness in, in doing it. When, it. when I left it, you know, I did miss it. You know, I did miss playing with the boys, and I moved on. But, funny story, uh, the band The Trues, after playing with the band so long, I didn't play any of the music. I was I was on tour with Lee Aaron doing sort of like a jazz blues beatnik thing, right? Right. And we were in Halifax, and uh, this guy kept sending me a, a, a request, top down, top down, top down. And I'm like, what the hell? Can't you see we're doing like this jazz blues thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have to do it top down, right? Uh, so I go off the stage, and it was the owner of the, of the place we were playing, the Marquee in Halifax. And, you know, his name was Vic. And, you know, he said, oh, I always listen to that song. So I said, well, you know what? Because you're such a good guy and all that, and you really want it, I'll do it acoustically. The band doesn't know it. Oh. And it was Jack from the Trues you had on the show. You're remember? kidding me. It was, it was his father, Vic. <laughs> And that was the beginning of a great relationship. Jack plays at me when he's not doing something the truth, you know? So yeah. that's the connection, you're right. The music connects. Yeah, and it is that journey that does continue. Uh, it continues to today. You're still quite an active singer-songwriter, musician, doing your own thing, uh, releasing music, uh, and still kind of uh, tapping into what you used to have, but moving forward. How, how, how easy is it for you to do both? You know what, Rob, it's just, you know, it's, it's in the air, and you just really, I've always said that you don't dictate it, it dictates you. So you you it's through the people you meet, it's through what you hear on the radio, what you hear you know, what people recommend you in your own love, right? All all of them. So I you know, I, I always say you just gotta keep your ears open and and keep your mind open to it and have have fun with because you know what music is, is joyous and it brings love and uh, I, I you know one person that really taught me a lesson indirectly you know, I never knew him that well was Peter Buck of the REM mm -hmm. because um, in New York you know everybody came through when I was living there and uh, Pete Buck you know would play with REM at the Madison Square Gardens mm -hmm. and do the big show and then you know some of that tour was over he was playing bars with uh, with his friends mm -hmm. and different bands he had like so uh, and I remember one time I was introduced to him 
and uh, you know and he knew Teenage Head of course you know had the records you know and he said to me he goes you know I said well oh, you, you're now playing you know and this could now he goes I just love music man you know I just love it I love doing it you know yeah. so when REM is done you know which I you know I, I'm right back on the road playing other things you know like um, there's many parts of me yeah. not just REM and I went really <laughs> you know and it sort of it gave me the buzz to go hey you know just keep playing you know it, you know it was just a nice little light to see that here's this big guy mm-hmm. you know somebody you just seen on the grand stage yeah yeah you now in the bar like you and I you know playing to you know 500 200 people yeah. and having just as much fun in both I can remember uh, being a child and having older siblings of course uh, I was uh, I was well versed in good music I had my choice of good tunes uh, and Teenage Head was in that record pile and I remember looking at the records and playing the records uh, here I am uh, totally honored to have you not only as a guest on my show but a friend of mine it's it's, oh, it's been a real treat well, to get to know you mutual, Dave man. You, I, you know I, I remember last year pre-COVID time us doing a show together yeah at, um, uh, out in, uh, in in the member in, in the park I do I Falls, do Falls there right yeah I do we've 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 uh, judged a singing songwriting contest before I've uh, yeah we've, uh, had we've broken bread together before so I'm, I'm truly honored to, to speak with you today and and to, and to be and I really am happy for all the success that uh, not only Teenage Head has had but you have had and continue to Thank have you, and will uh, continue to have uh, and I like the fact that there is now going to be an open door into a band that uh, Canadian rock and roll fans uh, have idolized and uh, listened to over the years and it's nice to have that door open so they can feel a little more part of the family oh thanks man wow fantastic you know yeah really um you know i always say just like follow the plot follow put one foot down from the other and just keep keep the window open possibilities you know uh when steve said to me hey do you want to sing again i you know, i didn't i didn't say no i just said yes yeah. you know yeah. say yes to it it was the right time it was t- it's all about timing and the timing was right you know and, and i'll be honest with you between between uh, you and i um the real reason you do, you do you do this is because you love it, right? And the other reason is that you love the guys like Stephen Gord and now Gene Champagne from the Killjoys as our drummer. Right. He, he, we all love each other. Gene Gene being the young guy in the band, <laughs> <laughs> relatively, he cares about us so much. Uh, that he wants the band to be the band that he grew up watching. Yeah. yeah. And and you gotta respect that because Gene Gene gives us shit. You know, he goes, Hey guys, we've gotta play it like the way it was. Right. But it doesn't mean that you're going nostalgic. Do it from pride, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's good to have the fan in you. The fan like yourself, somebody who believes who listened to what we did. Because when I see the groups that I like, I want them that I grew up with, I want them to be as great as I remember, yes, right? Yes. There's yes. that service between audience and, and and performer. So Gene in the band, he's the truth. He he's the one that I remember the first time when he set the sets and Stevie goes, Whoa, that's that's a little bit of a ramp. Right. <laughs> 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 and Steve goes, Ah, we can Gene goes, We can do it, man. Let's let's, you know, give him that Ramon set, you know, like yeah. where we just really blast it. Yeah, right. And you know what, after we did it, you know, Steve goes, Damn it, that was fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you, know, we, you know what I'm saying? Like you need that because we it's that love between the guys and the band like we know now you know like the four of us that, you know that this is it this is the way it should be and uh, you know uh, I look at those two guys and go hey even though we're all brothers and we 
we all you know grew up together. I, I have a duty to those two uh, to uh, to build to be the best I can be. And and I look into the people in the audience that, who've been there from day one, and the new people. I got to support them too. I got to give them a show that they come come home and go. You know what? That was it. That was great. I I'm happy. I went to this. Jeans in the back, giving us a you know. Hey, come on. You know we're we're all proud of what we're doing. You know we're all proud of, and that that's really important thing in this in this story you know and it is a responsibility but it, it's not a it's a good responsibility it's not a, it's a responsibility to yourself but responsibility to the people who who put you up on that stage you know the people in the audience and the fans and the guys in the band uh, and I love it I love it that that inspires me to be the best I can be you've just inspired me to be the best person I can be you're, 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 oh, you, you should put you out know. motivational tapes I think that's what you should do <laughs> fantastic uh, Dave always a pleasure to speak with you my friend I hope that well, we get a chance to see each well. other again and uh, you know I'm glad that you know you, you've I, I've watched you and you, you, you've survived this pandemic you've, you've had to take the ups and downs of this of this crazy unprecedented time yeah. where where the real heroes in this time are the people who are the first responders, right? Yeah, it's true enough. Yeah, we're, we're all trying we're to just, just you know, adapt, right? Sure they, they get good music, so when they come home, they you know, the people who have done such a great job in society, you know, of, of caring about us, right? That they, They're the real important people here, and uh, you, I've seen you in, in you know, have to, to um, readjust to this crazy time and you stand and of course because you're great at what you do you're standing on your feet and, and kicking butt like ever right well I appreciate the words Dave we're all we're all doing our best to adapt and, and move on and move forward and recreate things and redefine ourselves and you are certainly yeah. doing that so looking forward to the uh, to the documentary Teenage Head picture on my November face November 3rd November 3rd the election oh, well that's can, that's perfect timing Donald Trump and, and Biden and then flick over to see Teenage Head and Frankie Venom and myself. <laughs> there you go. That'll mellow you out a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dave Rave, always a pleasure. Stay cool, stay safe, and we'll talk to you again soon, my friend. Okay, Rob, have a, have a wonderful day and and, uh, and all the best. And uh, see everybody on November 3rd on, on TVO. Excellent. Cheers, Dave. Thanks, man. Okay, bye-bye. Well, that's it for this edition of Overtime with Rob. I want to thank my guest, Dave Rave of Teenage Head. Make sure you catch that documentary. It's called Picture My Face, the story of Teenage Head. Until next time on Overtime. Peace.